All right, good morning, One Church, people of God. I'm so excited that I get to actually share the Word of God with you. Um, and I get to talk about the Lord's Prayer, and I love the Lord's Prayer because it's short and simple. Uh, the older I get, the more I use the Lord's Prayer and less I use my own word of prayer. My wife says to me, well, the reason why I use it is because I like to keep our family prayer time short. Uh, well, that's true. But actually, there are many times when I start the Lord's Prayer, and uh, it turns out to be longer. Because every word gives me pause. A kingdom come. Gosh, we need that right now, don't we? Sometimes I don't even see any glimpses of it. We need the kingdom right now, right here. But I do not like the, the name of it, the Lord's Prayer. Because every time I hear the word Lord, I imagine some you know, British Lord. Um, it's really hard to erase your uh, media's brainwashing. And I imagine some dude with a Labrador and a cane making sure the kids are saying the prayer correctly, the right words, with the right tone, and repeating it the uh, right amount of times. And probably there are people who use the prayer in such a way. Uh, and that's how I was taught. Um, when I was young, I remember deacons who would be scanning the room, making sure no kids open their eyes, ready with their knuckle sandwich, making sure we memorize the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Lord's Prayer, as if it was a magical chant or ritual. If you say it enough times, then you could get your sins pardoned, you could get the lottery number, meet the spouse of your dream. I prefer to call it Jesus' prayer. And that's what it was really, right? Just uh, the rabbi Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. This was a tradition, actually, where the rabbis would teach their disciples how to pray. And in one sense, the, the prayer would become like a, sort of a trademark because it would encapsulate the, the emphasis and the teachings of that rabbi. Like you could hear a prayer and, and kind of know like, oh, that person's a disciple of Gamaliel and that person's a disciple of Jesus. And Jesus, in one sense, like had, well, the disciples had to kind of pry Jesus to get, you know, to get him to teach this prayer. Jesus, teach us how to pray. That's what all the you know, these rabbis do. Why don't you teach us? Because the disciples had spent years camping out with Jesus and realized that all the things that Jesus was doing, it came out of his prayer life. Right? His miracles and his parables, his witty remarks, the patience to listen and to understand, all from this life of prayer. So teach us how to pray. And Jesus does. And actually, when you listen to this prayer, like, like Jesus doesn't like, inch away from any of his teachings about prayer in this prayer itself. Right? He starts right away, our Father. Because he says, like, don't be like pagans where using you know, polysyllabic words and, and trying to flatter Jesus with, oh, Lord, thou God of heaven, beyond all, beyond. And you don't need to do that. Get right to it. Because prayer is not about what you say, but who God is. It's the intimate relationship. You know, when you start praying, you basically have God at hello. So, Father, and go right into it. And in that prayer, you have kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
then give us this day our daily bread. Let's pause right there. Because it's a short prayer, that means every word that is uttered, every word that is said, means a lot. Give us this day our daily bread. Bread. Because there is no dichotomy between the spirit and the flesh. It's inseparable as thought and word. We are embodied spirits. We need bread to live. Yes, it's true. We cannot live by bread alone, but by word of God. But also, frankly, we can't just live by word of God alone. We need bread. Bread becomes body. This body is our life. And so Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. And now, you know, I used to think like bread simply means we got to eat, so you got to live. So I think it was just basically asking for sustenance. Help me to just live this day. But you know what the problem was there? My misunderstanding, I think it came from the word bread itself. Because when I think about bread, uh, I think about Wonder Bread. And when I first immigrated here to New York, the thing that we ate and stuffed our face with was Wonder Bread. After a while, you kind of get sick of it. Wonder Bread is not that wonderful. And it doesn't conjure you know, memories of delight and joy and fullness. Uh, bread never really filled me up. So the word that really conjures up, I think, what Jesus is getting at is rice. I'm from Korea. I love rice. Rice is like the staple diet. I, eat, I could eat that breakfast, uh, lunch, dinner. Um, and when I say rice, I imagine, you know, the steam, warm steam coming out of a nice, well-cooked white rice or the rice rolled in the seaweed and, and really beautifully placed with salmon and spicy crab. And, oh, that's delicious. And I think this is what uh, Jesus is getting at. Not just about make enough to eat so you could survive, but really a full, delicious meal. And we're talking about Jesus who said, I come here to give life and to give life abundantly. We're talking about Jesus who, according to John, the first miracle was turning water into wine. And not just any wine, not cheap wine you get from Walmart. This is like the best wine ever. Livening up any gathering into the best party ever. It is this Jesus who says, give us this day a daily bread. Oh, for me, it's rice. In Korea, in Korea when we meet other, each other, we say in Korean, pap mogosoyo, which means, did you eat rice? Now, when we say that, we don't just mean like, did you just eat a mound of rice? We meant, have you had a full meal? And that's what it means, Bread. Rice, pop, a full meal, a meal that will satisfy us. And three square meals for us today, right? If you're a hobbit, four square meals. It it means that you'll be satisfied and you'll take a full-bodied, pleasurable experience of a meal. Did you have rice? Did you have bread? Give us this day our daily bread. As I said in Korea, when we greet each other, we say, And this points to another aspect of this prayer, our 
daily bread. It means that it's not just about my meal and that I get to eat three square meals and I get to be satisfied, but it means that every person that we meet, that every person that we interact with, they too should have three square meals, food that gives them joy and pleasure and energy to live for that day. Our daily bread. It is not just us, but every person. And the church recognized this. And so you see that uh, in the church, right from the very beginning, one of the main ministries they did was actually making sure no one went hungry. We have Luke telling us that some of the marks of this early church, right? What a powerful thing it was. It was that they gathered together and they worshiped in the temple. They worshiped in the homes. But also that they had, there was no one in need. They shared the resources so no one had in need. And, and that's kind of spelled out for us when you get to Acts chapter 6, where we see that there was this daily distribution of bread. So even the most vulnerable in their community, the widows, would not go hungry. So right from the very beginning, they realized that this was just a, not just a mercy ministry, but a kingdom ministry. Right? They weren't feeding just so that they will no longer be hearing the growls of the stomach and now they're ready for the gospel. This was the gospel lived out. Right? When we pray that Jesus' prayer, the kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven, how does that will look like? How does God's will look like on earth? Well, when everybody has three square meals, when they can enjoy a meal with their friends, when everybody has a place around the dining table where the plate is not empty but full. And so the church knew this instinctively, right from the beginning. This was the mark and the practice of the church. They prayed, give us this day our daily bread. And they realized that prayer is never just a passive waiting for God to do the work, but actually it is also an invitation for them to participate in the work of God. And so they did it. Give us this our daily bread. Let's make sure everyone has a daily bread. They weren't perfect. Acts chapter 6 shows us that there was some discrimination. And that's another thing we have to talk about. That there's a, the reason why we don't have equitable distribution of bread, why there are people who are hungry is because there is, unfortunately, discrimination. It is not lack of resources that there's people who are hungry, that there are people who actually die of hunger in our world. It's because of discrimination. It's a discrimination by nations, by these artificial borders that we create. It is discrimination by color, there is every five seconds a, a person dies of hunger in this world. That breaks God's heart. And there's a difference between those people who live in America and, and those who live with, outside of America. What continent, what country you are in could determine the longevity of your life or whether you get to eat three meals or you just barely scrape by you never know when the next meal will come. Even in America, this is a scandalous statistic that one in four families with children, that they have food insecurity. 
And where does that come from? Because we don't have enough? No. Because there's discrimination. Who gets to eat what? And the prayer, give us this day, our daily bread, says there should be no discrimination about who gets to eat. Because it's not about who deserves to get to eat. I mean, if, if, if that's the way we distribute food, then really, can any one of us survive? Every one of us. The reason why we are alive now is because from birth, we've always eaten food that we never earned through the sweat or the labor of our hands. Right from the beginning, from birth, from the milk of our mothers, to the breakfast, lunch, and dinner, breakfast, lunch, and dinner that our moms, dads, our aunts and uncles, all grandparents, they meet, prepared, and cooked. We never start with food that we earn. Food has always been, from the very beginning, a grace that has been given to us. And so we can't make judgments on who gets to eat, who deserves it. Give us this day our daily bread. Every one of us. No one left out at the table. No one left out because of their colors or their countries. Or even their morality or the lack thereof. There's no one who's so immoral that they should not deserve a good hot meal. We remember Jesus in the Last Supper. He knows all that's going to happen that night. And he knows Judas has already sold him for 30 pieces of silver. And yet, Jesus has Judas join him for the last meal, offering him bread, offering him wine. No one should be left out. Give us this day our daily bread. Arthur Smith, he is the founder and also the uh, present emeritus of the Bread for the World. And he recently wrote a book, and it's titled Silence Kills. We must speak up to end world hunger and to make economy work for all of us. Well, the title basically tells it all. He says, world hunger, it shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't be a problem. But it's because most of us stay silent, especially people with, in countries that do have power, that do have leverage. We, we stay silent. And when we stay silent, it's not becoming, uh, removing ourselves from the politics. Actually, we are making a very strong political statement that this really works for us, and we are okay with that. And so he says we must speak up to our national leaders. Soup kitchen is good. Right? Mercy ministry is good, but the prayer says that we must do more than that. Right? Again, like we go back to the early church. Right? Um, what they did was a, was a powerful, powerful thing because they realized that they can't really change the Roman Empire's economy, but they realized that they were not powerless. And so what they did was they, 
kind of gathered all the individual economic power and created this collective power where they create this own kind of microcosm of their own economy. Right? They, it says, Luke doesn't give a lot of description that they sold everything and then all those resources they had was held together and was given to those in need. Notice how that, the distribution of resources was so different from the way the Roman Empire did and the way we do today. And you know, most of us kind of um, throw this life example away by saying, well, you know, in those times, the, the early church, they, they really believed that Jesus was come back at the generation. So that type of fanaticism kind of color what they did. They were thinking, like, it's going to end. So might as well just throw a flash sale and get it all over with, right? get it done. But it wasn't that. When you read a lot of the letters, the New Testament, whether it be Peter and Paul, they don't talk a lot about Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, so this is the way you should live, a new type of morality. In fact, what they try to do is they just say, yes, Jesus is imminent, but you got to calm down. What's more important is that, remember our prayer again, the kingdom of God comes. So how can we live as people of God here with faith and hope? And what they did was they kind of created this own little economy. They, they didn't wait. And so the church too, are we not also to take stand? Are we not also to speak out? Are we not to say, give us this our daily bread and then also speak to people in power, to, to people who make decisions that impact the global world, but also as a church, the way we use our resources amongst our people, amongst our so community that we are in. So this person, Arthur, he used to be a pastor, a Trinity Lutheran pastor in East End of uh, New York. And like you and I, like all Christians, right, the most ecumenical prayer of all, he prayed the Jesus prayer. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And he realized that to pray is also to act. And so he spoke out. Church, one church, the people of God, let us shout this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Amen.